after reviewing the conditions of beings bestows your determination make that determination as strong as the welfare of all beings to destroy their sufferings to place them all in true happiness let this determination become the fuel for this meditation inform the body with this determination so the body comes in tune, comes in line in order to accomplish the welfare of all you're going to meditate on the true nature of reality the antidote to all pains Let the determination make the body conducive to meditation. The legs are in such a place, comfortable, head and neck centered, so you're not consciously holding the head and neck in place. Feel the sense of ease descending on the posture. Rest in that sense of ease. mouth, teeth, tongue resting in their natural places teeth not clench, jaw not to loose tip of the tongue touching slightly the back part of the upper teeth eyes conducive to deep meditation for you, closing them might be better others keeping them open might be more conducive and yet still having them half open may be the most conducive place for them that the sense of ease influence the breath when you bring your attention to the breath simply knowing that you're breathing out when you're breathing out that you're breathing in when you're breathing in be mindful of how the sense of ease staying aware of the breath have a part of your mind check the posture for to make sure that it is indeed conducive to meditation and if you do need to make adjustments make the adjustments staying aware of the breath if you need to move the leg know that you're moving it either with the out breath or with the in breath establish yourself in the right posture body should feel almost immovable and yet comfortable the sense of ease is deeper further reflected in the mind itself continue to stabilize this sense of ease by merely observing the breath watch the continuity of awareness from out breath to in breath back to out breath
and your only intention is to keep that continuity unbroken while you follow and observe the exhalation Don't try to do anything about them. Don't try to make the mind focus. Don't try to control anything. Be aware of what's going on and be content with it. Staying in this state Again, bring forth your determination, knowing clearly, as clearly as you can, what you're going to do and the purpose for doing it. Invoke the presence of the very embodiment of what you aspire to achieve your infallible guide, your teacher. Feel the presence of the teacher in a bright form. And as soon as you are aware of whatever measure of confidence, of conviction you may have, that indeed the infallible means to help you achieve your goal is in front of you. Hold on to that measure of conviction. Out of that measure of conviction, show your reverence in your mind prostrate. Trust yourself 
accepting the guidance and the protection take refuge Teach, teach how to truly end pain 
how to find true happiness and ask them to stay until all beings are truly free, truly happy. so far to the meditation that you're about to do that you may succeed that you may get closer to your object to your goal
I'll talk again on the topic of omniscience. I'll say a little. I'll ask some questions again. Uh, the the now the purpose of meditating on omniscience, as far as what we are doing, and meditating, trying to understand the nature of reality, uh, is in connection with. When if you understand omniscience in such a way, it will help you understand the two truths, uh, ultimate truth and conventional truth. And if you can understand ultimate truth and conventional truth, then that will help you uh, with your meditation about uh, finding finding emptiness. Okay, so all these things are related with the with the ultimate aim is to help you find emptiness help you get into a direct perception of emptiness. So last time I asked you just to uh, ask yourself, question yourself as to what do you understand uh, omniscience is supposed to be? What constitutes omniscience? Okay. Now, uh, based on that, I'm going to ask you another question about omniscience. And it will help you with understanding what is what is the nature of the conventional and the question is is ignorance an object of knowledge is ignorance an object of knowledge the appearance that thing exists inherently does that appearance exist is that an, is that appearance an object of knowledge is it something that is known who knows it those who see inherently <laughs> existence okay now the question was about omniscience and the, does the Buddha have ignorance? No. <laughs> okay. The Buddha doesn't have ignorance. Right? But the Buddha is omniscient. Or a Buddha is omniscient. Or when you become a Buddha, you will be omniscient. When you are omniscient, that omniscient means, by definition, is that what if it is known you see it, you know it. Now, we just almost... Okay. Does the perception of ignorance mean that the one who is perceiving it is ignorant? Well, I guess it has to be no, right? <laughs> Who wants to accuse the Buddha of having any ignorance? <laughs> now, I think this probably is, this answers another question 
of which uh, the answer you gave, this is the answer, this is the right answer. That answer is the right answer for this question. Okay. How does a Buddha perceive ignorance? If ignorance is an object of knowledge, then the Buddha must perceive it, because the Buddha is omniscient. But how does a Buddha perceive an object of ignorance when the Buddha doesn't have ignorance? How does an object of ignorance appear? Let me make it a little bit tougher. What makes an object of ignorance appear? Karma and klesha. Karma and klesha, right? So in order for an object of ignorance to appear, there must be in the mind of that perceiver karma and klesha. Does the Buddha have karma and klesha in his mind? Then how does the Buddha perceive objects of ignorance? Yeah. Now, in this case, that's the only way a Buddha can perceive that kind of particular phenomena. The Buddha needs another mind to perceive it. The Buddha perceives, and the Buddha needs another person seeing it in order for the Buddha to see that also. And the only object that fits that is an object of ignorance. But when the Buddha perceives the object of ignorance, how does the object of ignorance appear to the Buddha? How does the Buddha see anything? Yeah, in those right there. <laughs> As when they appear to the Buddha's mind, Buddha says, oh, that's an object of ignorance. But the Buddha doesn't see it ignorantly. What does that mean, it doesn't see it ignorantly? The Buddha doesn't see it as having self-existence. It is an object of knowledge because it is an appearance. It appears to somebody's mind. So it is something that, that is an object to be known. That is known. Okay. Right. Now, here's, here, uh, here's a question, and the answer for it <laughs> will be right but it's wrong for another question that, that you answered. Where does objects of ignorance live? Where do they exist? Objects of ignorance? Objects of ignorance. Or they exist? Or they don't exist? It doesn't exist. Objects of ignorance. Where does the ignorance, when where does the object of that ignorance, where, 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 does it, where is it? It's in the mind of being. It is the mind. Okay? And now here's something that exists only in your mind. And nowhere else but in your mind. Okay. So, in a sense, when we were talking about there is an outside, there's an inside, there's no outside, there's no inside. The first one was right, the second one is right. And the third one, it exists only in your mind. And this one is right also when you talk about ignorance. Okay. So, it's not to be, uh, what's that? Uh, somewhat of a philosophical coward. <laughs> you say everybody's right. <laughs> but it depends on the perspective. Right? There is something that exists only in your mind. It's not the universe. What exists only in, only in your mind is ignorance. There's something that the Buddha cannot perceive without having another mind perceiving it, and that's the object of ignorance. But when the Buddha perceives that object, the Buddha, how does the Buddha perceive it? He doesn't see it as having self-existence. Okay. That when that object appears to the Buddha's mind, the Buddha knows exactly what it is. Oh, that's the ignorance in the mind of Punsok. Okay. But he doesn't say, oh, look at that Okay. When, when, when Ken Rinpoche referenced that, you know, mm -hmm. he just, he didn't refer specifically to any object of mind. He was just like, the Buddha, oh, the Buddha you know, sees the cows, sees the trees, whatever. Yeah. Um, but what you're saying is that he's, he can po he posits cows and trees as objects that could appear to a to an ignorant mind. 
not self-existently. Right. Mm-hmm. So when, when it's when it's said that the Buddha sees the cow, the Buddha sees the trees, it's with reference to how ignorant. Oh no, not not. This is where this is where I am. This is exactly what I'm treating. Oh, it's not that the Buddha sees the universe, and he needs others having seen it in order for the Buddha to see it. Okay, if there were no other beings at all, the Buddha would still see the cows and trees, just know that they're yeah. Yeah. their potential arisings. Yes, or exactly. Or potential ignorant mind. Yeah. If there was just one cow <laughs> in the universe, and there was no other, there was not a human being looking at the cow, the Buddha would see the cow. The Buddha, you would not need a person look, seeing the cow in order for the Buddha to see, oh, there's a cow there. Is that point controversial? Yeah. It is quite controversial, yeah. and uh, the other schools are killing the Gelupas for <laughs> having it. <laughs> well, I mean, they're trying. <laughs> so, cows, goats, well, cars and, <laughs> and houses, these things exist. Why do they exist? Just to have for there to be any no concept. to posit that, that, that those causes and conditions coming together as house, you need a mind. If no beings had ever existed and there was just a Buddha, nothing else, right? Mm-hmm. The Buddha would see trees, houses. Yes. Yeah. Ask that if question no again. Other being had, <laughs> if there were no other beings that ever come into existence uh-huh. ever, and a Buddha just popped into the universe mm-hmm. somehow, which, yeah. which contradicts. <laughs> um, are you saying that a Buddha would see? Houses, trees, etc., in that particular universe. Yeah, if there, if there, condi- if there were conditions and causes and conditions to bring about houses and they'd have to be the causes and conditions in the Buddha's mind then, because there were no. Other no, the the Buddha would posit them. Oh, that causes and conditions coming together over there, that's a house. That causes and condition coming over there, that's a cow. That's a tree. Good. Positing it as such, you need a mind. Okay, so that would be the Buddha's mind positing yeah. those conditions. So but not the Buddha creating the causes and conditions for yeah. there to be a tree. So the Buddha positing the conditions would then be with, with reference to if there were a, if there were a being, a being could see that. No, if there were a being, not without a Buddha, the, the, that being would see those causes and conditions as self-existently a tree, yeah. self-existently house. But then that also that also sounds it seems like that's assuming that there's something different about certain parts of the universe from other parts of the universe that would cause a Buddha to say that's a tree. Yeah. Good. What was that again? That, I like that question. Yeah, what was the I've question? I've been asking this question for 20 <laughs> yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. It would seem that what? But there, remember I asked this in, in DC, that, that there's something different about when I'm looking right over there uh-huh. at that golden-hued uh, Buddha, then when I look back at the causes and the conditions for clock. Yeah. What is different for a Buddha that has no karma and klesha to, to interfere with what, is, with what it perceives? The confusion comes from thinking that it must be actually made by the mind. No, I'm really thinking more... What makes clock over there? The the things that are causing condition for clock. What makes golden uh, statue over here? The things that are conditioned for for golden statue. So what's different about this location from this location? We could even talk about location. You just mentioned it. That's over there, and that's over here. What's different between <laughs> over there and over here for a Buddha? Hmm? What's different between over here and over there for a Buddha? The, the Buddha, yeah, the, the mind of a Buddha. The, the conditions to make the Buddha are different from the conditions to make the So it's the conditions that made the Buddha that then would cause a Buddha to see different things in different places? Oh, look at it this way. A reflection in a mirror, right? A reflection in a mirror. Okay, you're looking at you're looking at a you're looking at your reflection in the mirror, and what what appears? My face. And in the mirror. Yeah, and it, is there. there is there a face? There is one appearing. There's no actual. There's no actual person. face nope. person there, but there is the appearance of it. But there's still something different because I'm looking in. A, there's a mirror. Yeah. If there were no mirror. No, no. Forget about the mirror. Forget about the mirror for now. Okay. Just the just the appearance of your face in the, in the mirror. Okay, there is appearance. When you have that understanding, does the reflection suddenly disappear? No. And or do you, do you have to fight? Do you have to constantly fight with yourself? Wait, that's a face. No, that's not a face. That's a face. No, that's not a face. No, because I understand. <laughs> as, you, <laughs> as you are looking at it, you know it's just a reflection. Right. And not at one moment are you fooled to think that uh, that's a face. Oh no, wait, that, that's a reflection. Right. I guess what I'm trying to get at is why doesn't a Buddha see a 
you know, kind of a blank slate if there are no beings to help. No, it's, the, it, it's, not, it's not a blank slate. So there is something out there? Who said that? Okay, it's not <laughs> a blank slate, but there's some differentiation. As soon as there's something out there, they are saying, uh, then which one is real, the out there or the in there? That's, a, that's my mistake. Then not that there's something out there, there's something that can be differentiated. It goes back from the very beginning. There is something out there, there is something in there. But when you look at the out there and try to find it, you cannot find it. When you look for the in there, try to find it, you cannot find it ultimately. Because that's their nature, like the reflection, like the reflection in the mirror. There is a face there, you can't, you can't, you can't deny that you're seeing a face. But when you look for the real face in there, all you see is mirror, light. Okay, so there's always appearance to a Buddha. There's always appearance yeah. to a Buddha. And there may be appearance in the western part of whatever the Buddha's mm -hmm. vista is, or the eastern, mm -hmm. northeast quadrant of mm -hmm. the Buddha's yeah. expansive mind. So it's like when the Buddha looks over there, the Buddha knows what's over there, and it knows directly that it's not inherently existent. It, it knows it the way you would know that's just a reflection without one mo mo moment uh, actually thinking that, that that might be an actual face. It's going to be hard to predict. Uh, so, if the Buddha knows when he looks at an object that there is there are other beings who will see that object as in an ignorant manner mm -hmm. and see that as um, self-existing, there are like, you know, an infinite ways to look at something in an ignorant manner. I mean, you can see, for instance, a rope as a snake. Um, but does the Buddha see all the different types of ways to see something in an ignorant manner? Yep. Or, okay. Yeah, because there are so many minds looking. But why would have the Buddha as a model if he's not, if he wasn't ignorant or he, how, how, you want it, is that an, an, an object to be a Buddha? It's sure. like the model when you want to be. Is that that you, they say you want it arrived in one moment? Is that your goal? To become like seeing ignorance in that way? Seeing ignorance in that way? Yeah. Can you do that? I mean, can you become a Buddha or not? Yeah, of course we can become Buddhas. Yeah. So, so, so why he is, I don't know how the Buddha can be a model for me now. Can be a what? A model uh -huh, or like uh -huh. something like my target or uh -huh. my object mm -hmm. is so different like well he's not ignorant like me. No, he's not ignorant, yeah. That's why. Uh -huh. So <laughs> how can and you know, if so what we have to do is to change our perception of ignorance to become a Buddha? Not the perception of, of well perception of ignorance. No or you that, mean that don't don't make you a Buddha? Change ignorant perception. Oh, mm. I know. Yeah, that way, yeah, change ignorant perception. Yeah. Change ignorance to a perception of ignorance. Oh, that's even a good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> I mean, each time I change my ignorance to realizing that that's just a perception of ignorance, I'm bringing myself closer to being a Buddha. Yeah, that's 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 like uh, uh, I'm glad you put that up. That's that's like a practical application of uh, of this in your daily life. Knowing that it's a uh, wh what you're perceiving is a is a ignorant perception. Yeah. That's a, that's a good way of, of applying this. Now, <laughs> uh, now the whole, the whole purpose of this of looking into a Buddha's mind and I mean not looking but trying to understand how the Buddha perceives things is to that for you to understand those things that those things themselves okay and when you are able to know uh, what exists and what doesn't exist and then you, you it will be easier for you to understand what emptiness is empty of if you don't understand what emptiness is empty of then you might empty the wrong thing <laughs> okay. And if you empty the wrong thing, well, well. Uh, another way of, uh, of of sort of putting the 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 the, the scenario that you brought up, instead of having one Buddha just pop up and then 
it, try to imagine, okay, according to Mahayana, the ideal, the, the ultimate ideal of the Mahayana is for every single being to become a fully enlightened Buddha. So, at that moment, when every being is a fully enlightened Buddha, does the universe go out of existence? Does appearing things suddenly, there's no such thing as anything appearing anymore? No. It wouldn't make sense. No. There's just no more labels. No there'll be labels. No more ascription, right? There'll be ascriptions. That's, no. all they will, that's all they will be. Yeah. That's all they will be. Or that's all that will be seen. Just like when you're looking at the reflection, you say a reflection of a face, not a face. So not, when not belief in the ascription. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now this is just in case when you are studying, uh, making a deeper study about the ultimate truth and the conventional truth, so you can have an understanding of the conventional. Okay. Conventional truth, those two terms putting together, is really taking the convention as though it was the truth. And how, what, what is it that the Buddha see? The Buddha see everything. And what is the dependently arisen? That's what that's, that's the convention, the conventional. If there was something that did not depend on any other thing, that would be ultimately established. Ultimately established, not ultimate truth. The only ultimate truth is this. When you look at the convention, it is dependent. That's the ultimate thing about. That's the ultimate truth. It's not something that you're gonna that, that you look into existence and you extract it from extracted or that doesn't that, that is not in existence that you're gonna discover somewhere outside of existence. In parallel universe, you know, nine B four Seven three eight. Okay. Nine B four seven three eight. Yeah, that's one. <laughs> what is the ultimate concern with? It's concerned with the very thing that you're experiencing. Your very existence, your very life. The suffering that you're suffering. The pleasures that you have sometimes. Okay. That's what that's the convention. And the ultimate is talking about them. What is their true nature? And to understand their true nature is in such a way that, ah, okay, this is something I don't want. How do I not con get continue to get it? But this is nice. How do I continue to get that? When you understand the true nature of it. Okay. Uh, right? <laughs> and your silence is the very answer to the question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I was supposed to talk for a little bit. Well, come back. <laughs> whenever, uh, whenever you're examining, trying to get to truth, and you find a substance, whatever that substance may be, whatever you can call the substantial, you have not found emptiness. Okay. And I have to say it again, when you have when you are when you find yourself in that emotional state of oh my where am I? Then you're close to finding emptiness. Okay. Now this is like a, almost like a setup, you know, make yourself confused then you find emptiness. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Been now.
So ask yourself those questions and be sincere about what answer comes up. Don't no, don't be judgmental about any question, any answer that people might come up with. Just examine it. See how far, how uh, how uh, how well it can stand firm. So if you can have a vivid memory of the sense of ease, the sense of equipoise that you were in before the talk, let it be so vivid that it actually infuses your present state. Just the memory brings you to that state. Stabilize it. Now observe five cycles of breath, bringing your attention to your heart center. to yourself. Let the natural answer come up.
stay mindful of the tranquil state in which you find yourself now. Observe it, enjoy it. What is outside? Self-existentlessness outside things are outside. I think I'm quoting Rinpoche somewhat. Not mm. exactly, but somewhat. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.